Hey, good morning, Life Church. Pastor Dan here from the Appleton campus. I want to give a shout out to people from each of our campuses. We are one church, many locations, Germantown campus, Milwaukee campus, Brookfield, and of course, those of you who may even be watching for the very first time today, welcome. We are so glad that you're with us. We're in the final week of a series that we have called First Comes Love. We talked about having a fulfilling marriage. Then we went on to talking about raising godly children. And today I want to talk to you about a subject called Single and Satisfied. Now, I realize that some of our marrieds may have just had a thought in their mind that you could check out on us today. But let me tell you that that's not the case. I'm married myself. In fact, Kristen and I on Easter Sunday will complete our 34th year of marriage. And that is, is starting to look like somebody who's been married a while, right? 34 completed years of marriage. And God has been so good to me as I prepared for this message. There are just some great things that he's going to speak to us today. Let me put into perspective how long Kristen and I have been married. We have been married longer than 64% of the Life Church staff has even been alive. So I get it. I'm like as old as dirt, and she's only 29, of course, but I'm old as dirt. Now, I just want to take a second to reach out to those singles who may be saying, of all of the staff people who could be sharing this message today, why is the guy who's been married 34 years the one sharing on this subject? Well, let me tell you, first of all, I have to admit, God has a sense of humor, right? I mean, we have to admit that. But secondly, I think it's because there's so much confusion around the subject of being single and satisfied. In fact, I think that over the years, I've probably contributed to some of the confusion by joking and teasing with people who are not yet married. Hey, when are you going to get married? You know, I've got somebody in my mind that I think would be good for you. And, and although that can be fun at times, I think that uh, we can burden people unnecessarily with some of that. And this is actually an incredibly important subject because there's a shift that's taking place in our society. In fact, we're finding from studies that people are remaining single longer than they ever have in the past. One of the things Pastor Aaron commonly says and I love so much is that here at Life Church, we'll do anything short of sin to see people come to Jesus Christ. And so as in our culture people continue to remain single for longer periods of time, I think we have to learn some things about that shift in our culture and be able to pivot and apply things in the church or in our own lives or even as singles remaining in that state longer where we have to consider some things maybe that we never have considered in the past. One of the things I want to say is that singleness is not a curse. Now, I know for some of you who are married or who are single and unsatisfied, what I just said to you does not compute. But singleness truly is not a curse. In fact, singleness, a relationship in singleness is outlined 
in the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 2. And I want you to turn there with me. Genesis chapter 2, verses 4 and moving on. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created. When the Lord God made earth and the heavens, now no shrub yet appeared on the earth and no plant had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth and there was no one to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work and to take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat of any fruit in the garden, but you must not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and of evil, for when you eat of it, you will surely die. The Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So we're going to unpack this together this morning, and we're going to really highlight three things today. And the first one is our priority. Our relationship begins with God. Our relationship begins with God. Genesis 2-7, then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. And what I want you to see here from the very beginning is that first it was God and Adam. God created one, and that one was Adam, and before the story goes on where Eve is ever brought into the picture, Adam has a relationship with God. And that's the priority. Relationship begins with us and God. And later on, perhaps God will bring a significant other into the lives of people, but our life begins and is built on this foundation of a relationship with us and Jesus. In preparation for this message today, I interviewed a family friend, a young lady named Brianna. Brianna was the valedictorian of her graduating class in college, and she is serving in ministry as the assistant pastor in the St. Louis area. Just a fabulous young lady. And I was interviewing her and asked her a question about what helps her be single and satisfied. And she said, Pastor Dan, the number one thing or important priority in my life is my relationship with Jesus and to make disciples. She said, that's what brings fulfillment. You know, for some of us, we may think, how, how can she live that way? How can it be that way? But actually, Brianna's story is actually straight out of the Bible. 1 Corinthians 7 says, I would like you to be free from concern, Paul says. An unmarried man is concerned with the Lord's affairs, how he can please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of the world and how he can please his wife. And his interests are divided. An unmarried woman is, or a virgin is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Her aim is to be devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit. But a married woman is concerned about the affairs of earth, how she can please her husband. You see, 
the Apostle Paul and Brianna and people like them, they get it. They understand that first and foremost in their lives is this relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the foundation of everything else. Anything that God adds to your life from there is a benefit and a blessing. And that in and of itself will be a building block that you can take into every other area of your life. Brianna went on to tell me that as an RA or a resident advisor at college in charge of about 30 girls, looking after them, helping them with certain things in the college experience, that she had a unique ability to stand by and watch them at stages of development as they uh, tried to learn this principle of God first and then adding others or pursuing other relationships. She was able to see how mistakes were made as they sometimes put a relationship with someone else before their relationship with God. And I can echo her experience in that, that way as being in ministry many years myself, I've been able to watch people maybe who were previously married, now divorced or, or widowed, and as soon as they're single again, they just want to get married again as soon as possible without taking any time to focus on themselves and God. And, and then too often they find themselves in a difficult situation and they want to change it. And I think they could have avoided that circumstance simply by taking some time to focus on themselves and God. You see, God created the one, which was Adam, and then he would add others as time went on. And that's so important for us to recognize in our lives. I think if we could truly understand the priority of God first, it would help us add others into our lives more successfully and with better timing. But too many people buy the lie that to have a fulfilling life, you have to have a significant other. You have to have a soulmate, when in reality, God designed us for him to be our soulmate and to add others in different relationships as time goes on. I think one of the reasons why I'm impassioned about this subject is because I think as a young person, I lived some mistakes. I, if, if you knew me when I was young, I was chasing the girls from kindergarten on. I'm not kidding you. I remember one day in kindergarten walking home with my brother and there was a girl walking in front of us that I had a crush on and I said to my brother Kevin, I'm gonna go kiss that girl and he said, no way would you ever do that and, and I ran up and I kissed Wendy and we were good friends from that day on as, as good of friends as two kindergartners could be. And I think that I was one of those people who did not understand the God first principle. And then as you follow that principle in God's time, other relationships blossom. And some of you here or, or listening today, you may be experiencing difficulty because you are not understanding the God first principle. 
that God created you as the one to have relationship with him and you can only have success in other relationships as you realize the importance of this one. You can only get the timing right when you realize that you are complete in Christ and everything else is added to you after that. The second thing is this. I want to touch on purity. Our relationship not only originates with God, but our relationship is about God. Genesis 2.15, the Lord God took, took the man and he put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to care for it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you're free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and of evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. A principle that we have to keep in mind as we have understood that the foundation of our lives is our relationship with Jesus Christ. Then as we add people or other things into our life, we have to do it in a way that's beneficial. Paul said all things are, can be done, but they're not all beneficial. And one of the things that we have to pay close attention to is our purity. Because relationship is about God. And when you begin to add unpure things into your life, it begins to cause damage. One of those things, of course, is human sexuality. Now, I would be willing to admit that from a physical perspective, this, the experience of sex that God has given us is one of the greatest gifts that he's blessed us with. But like so many other things and other people in our lives, it has to be brought into our experience at the right time, in the right way, in the right place, with the right person. Otherwise, it brings damage like when Adam and Eve ate of the forbidden fruit. And rather than being the gift, it becomes the curse. And some of us today know all too well what it is to struggle with the challenges of bringing human sexuality into our relationships prior to the time that God would desire or appoint for that to happen. You see, here's what you have to keep in mind. Sex is not the goal, it's the gift. Sex is not the goal, it's the gift. But so often people have bought into this mentality that, that our society pushes on us that you cannot be happy without sexual experience. That there's no way you can go through large portions of your adulthood without being able to engage in sex. And, and maybe in our culture it's even with more person than just the one that God has designed. But I promise you, when you treat or you pursue that, that sexual experience out of order, it can take on actually a curse in your life. It puts a stumbling block in your relationships. 
It puts a stumbling block in this relationship that you started with God that's the foundation of your life when, when sexual things or other areas of impurity come into your life out of order, it begins to erode your relationship with God. Now, I'm not talking about our salvation. We still belong to Jesus, but our relationship begins to be eroded. And it begins to erode your relationship with yourself because God is speaking to your heart that one of these areas that you've opened yourself up to is damaging your relationship with him. Suddenly it brings remorse and difficulty into your life and, and you understand very well what I'm talking about because many of you have experienced some of those mistakes in one way or another. It also causes damage in our relationships with other people. If we're involved in any kind of activity that doesn't bring glory to God, any kind of impurity, it begins to erode the very foundation of our lives. 2 Corinthians 7, Therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. So the thing is this, out of a desire to, to be the one with, with God in our relationship that he desires, we take precautions not to allow, allow excuse me, areas of impurity to come into our lives to cause damage. Let me say this, the enemy of the souls of men he is all about trying to trick us into allowing any number of areas of impurity to come into our lives because he knows the damage, the confusion, the scars that some of that creates in our lives. The third and final point that I want to talk about is perfection. You see, relationship is perfected by God as well. Genesis 2.18 the Lord God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper that's suitable for him. We've established that our relationship begins with God, that it's about God, but it's also perfected in God. And one of the challenges I see people have over and over and over again is that as people, we tend to look for someone who completes us. We're, we're young adults or we're divorced, we're, we're widowed or widower, and we're looking for someone to complete us. We even have this concept or, or this thing that we say about looking for our soulmate. And that's where the problem begins. Because as sure as I'm standing here today, as sure as we're communicating together, God does not send anyone into your life to complete you. As we see in the scripture, God sends people into our lives to help us, not to complete us. The apostle Paul said this, God who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. You see, your journey in life goes all the way back to the place where you stand with God and you alone. The Bible says that we will all, all of us who are in Christ, will give an account of our lives before God. 
and no one will stand there with us. When we stand before God, our, our husband or wife, if we have one, our children, nobody stands with us. We stand as an individual, just like back in the garden. It was God and Adam. And we'll stand before God that way again and give account for how we've lived our lives. And we won't be saying, well, God, I just didn't have anybody to complete me. Because God will be saying, I was the one who began a good work in you. I was the one that was designed to bring completion into your life. You didn't get it. You missed that part of what I was trying to teach you. He who began the good work in us will complete it. You see, God brings people into our lives to help us, not to complete us. In my interview with Brianna, it's one of the things that she addressed. She said, single and satisfied people need community. They need help. There are things that they can't do, things that uh, they need people to invest in their lives for and, and do life together with. So I'm not suggesting in any way that we should have this spirit where we can do life on our own because that's not how we're designed. Life is better lived in circles than rows. We need each other, we need people. But one of the things we're so prone to do is look for someone else to complete us. I don't know if you've ever watched the movie Jerry Maguire. It's a great story. It's kind of a chick flick, as they would say, and, but there's enough in it for men to get into as well. And in this movie, Jerry Maguire, he's uh, a sports agent, and, and he's only got a couple of, of people on his role uh, because of some circumstances that happen in the movie. I won't spoil it for you. But during the sequence of the movie, he gets a wife, and, and eventually they're having problems. They... They separate, she's living on one end of the country, him in a, on the other side of the country, and, and one of his agents on a particular night, or one of his clients, I should say, has a big payday. It's really awesome, it's a great thing, and, and so Jerry is experiencing this, and he's trying to, to come to grips with, hey, I've made it, I've, I've, I lost everything, and now I'm starting to rebuild it. But as he's reflecting on that, as he sees everybody else celebrating, he realizes that something is missing. And so Jerry jumps on a plane and he goes back to where his wife is living and he's looking for her and eventually he tracks her down at a women's divorce support group of all places and he knocks on the door. They're not sure they want to let him in. Or, uh, and, and he kind of makes his way in. He says, I got to talk to my wife. And, and he goes in and he's all teary. And, and he's starting to talk to her with all of these women sitting around watching. And now, of course, they're starting to cry as long as uh, or as well as the, the person playing his wife in the movie. And he's really laying it on thick emotionally. He's crying himself. He's pounding on his chest. And he gets to the point where he says, you complete me. And I promise you at that point in the movie, every woman is crying, right? And it makes such a great movie. But can I tell you something? It's a lie. Nobody will complete you if you are not first 
completed through your relationship and your identity with Jesus. Jesus completes us. And so if you're there today and you are wrestling with this idea of being completed by someone else, I encourage you to go back figuratively, kind of to your garden experience where it was just you and Jesus, where you were working things out with him, where he had first place in every area of your life. Maybe you're a single and you're unsatisfied. Can I tell you, trying to be completed by someone else is not where you're going to find fulfillment, but back in your relationship with Jesus, get him in his right place. Maybe you have tried relationship after relationship after relationship, and you are feeling damaged and let down and and disillusioned, can I tell you that back in the garden experience of your life, you can rekindle that relationship with Jesus. I mean, it's going to be great. It will repair damage. It will give you a new future. Maybe you're frustrated in your current marriage because you thought marriage would fulfill you, and you are frustrated and you are lonely. I encourage you as well, go back to your garden experience with Jesus. Surrender it to him. Begin to put more focus on that than whether or not your mate can fulfill you or complete you. Don't give them that burden because God never intended that burden to be theirs. Jesus said his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Go back to Jesus. Rekindle that relationship, that fellowship, that communion with him and see if God will do a miracle. I want to give you my yes but how today. How do you take the things that we've talked about and actually have it make sense and actually be something that you can think about and rely on quickly as you move forward from this day? My yes, but how is this? Focus on the state of your being more than the status of your relationship. Let me say that again. Focus more on the state of your being than the status of your relationship. And as you do, I believe that God will do a work in you that will prepare you for every status or every place, every journey that you walk through in life, whether single or married, you can be satisfied through Christ. Have a great day and God bless you.